Uh, Good afternoon, and welcome back to Mayor's Minutes. Uh, it may be foggy, murky outside, uh, but let me tell you, it's, it's really sunny in the city of Methuen. Uh, today I'm joined by our Police Chief Scott McNamara and Sergeant Matt Muskus, and we're going to tell you why they're on the show later, uh, but we're going to give you an opportunity to ask all those questions you want to ask in the quarterly updates uh, to, from our Police Chief. He dreads when I say that, I think, but... Uh, We'll get some questions here, but there's really great news from the PD today. Uh, we're going to talk about certification uh, and all the efforts that went into it and how every citizen in this city should be proud of what we accomplished. But we're going to start with our ads like we normally do. Uh, we're going to go into the five-letter word to start, if we can, trash. Um, so there you go. So uh, I just want to summarize. So I think um, I want to give the city uh, an A- minus here. We're, we're getting it. Um, even the chief was pleading his case to me uh, as we drove to the certification today on uh, trash. For trash and recycling carts, for the exchanges, your carts must be curbside to pick up. So we've done a much better job there. I think we're down to about four uh, transfers to be done. Uh, if you want to get rid of your old barrels, so this is, again, uh, for some mystifying reason, uh, people keep going to social media instead of going to our website, and that's kind of uh, confusing to me. If you want your barrels to be picked up, you put them outside on your recycle date, upside down, or you put a sign on that says, this is trash. If you don't do that, DPW, not Harvey, will take them. So I've seen a lot of social media conversations, Harvey's going to take them if you do this. Please, go to the city website. If you want your old barrels taken away on your recycle date through the next two to three weeks, we're going to keep coming by with DPW after the recycle gets picked up. So turn the barrels upside down. Make sure there's no trash in them, obviously. Uh, or put a sign on them that says, this is trash. But do not put trash in your old barrels. If you do, it won't get picked up. And, you know, the effective 1024, that's gone into place. I have seen a couple places, uh, a couple residents who've used old carts and still want to get their trash picked up. And so we're past that point. So... Uh, just a reminder to us all. Next, we have another slide, I believe, on trash. Yeah. So, um, again, a reinforcer in your empty old uh, receptacles, right? Curbside, based on your recycling day, from now, and it says through the 28th, but we're going to go longer than that, right? We're going to go into the middle of November, but get them out now. Um, so, if you're, uh, if you're, I'm trying to think, I think it's a week this week, if I'm correct. I could be wrong. Don't hold me to it. If you're A-week, uh, and this is A-week, put your, recycle, your old carts that you want to take away, put them upside down, no trash in them, or a note on them that says, this is trash, take them away. But only on your recycling day, uh, not any day of the week, right? So uh, that's enough of that. And my, my slide says 11-11, so we'll pick them up through 11-11. Um, and then last but not least, on the trash front, uh, the fall leaf yard waste is beginning this week. It runs to December 2nd. It's picked up again on your recycling day. Yard waste must be in paper bags only or in garbage receptacles marked yard waste. So we have those orange stickers at City Hall. There's plenty of them at the customer service. Uh, drop by and get those stickers. Brush cannot be in any type of bags. Brush or branches must be tied in bundles no more than four feet in length and four inches in diameter. You can also drop off your leaves and yard waste or brush at the transfer station, 50 Huntington Ave., Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. Last load at 1.45 p.m. 
Wednesday, extended hours, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., last load at 5.30 p.m., and Saturday, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., last load at 2.30 p.m. There's a delayed pickup due to the following holidays, Veterans Day, which is Friday, the 11th of November, Thanksgiving Day, the 24th of November. And so if you need assistance, call DPW at 978-983-8545. All right, moving on. More ads. Early voting is underway. Uh, so today is October 26th. Uh, from 2 to 6 p.m. today, they are at Sanborn Hall at 90 Hampshire Street. Tomorrow, the 27th, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Sanborn Hall, 90 Hampshire Street. October 28th, uh, which is Friday, from 8 a.m. to noon at Sanborn Hall. October 29th, which is Saturday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Sanborn Hall. October 30th, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. That's Sunday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Sanborn Hall. And finally, Halloween Day, October 31st, and November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. at Sanborn Hall, and November 4th, 8 a.m. to noon. Um, so uh, those are all the hours that are open for early voting. So go on down to Sanborn Hall and get your voting in if you're so inclined. For me, I prefer to wait till the actual event and vote then. Um, then we're going to go to the uh, vaccine clinics. At Melita Farms, we've still got this Saturday, October 29th. And just a reminder, if you get your first dose, you get a $100 gift card. And your second dose, a $25 gift card. My good friend Octavian Spanner uh, is heavily involved at Melita Farms. They've done a magnificent job down there. So go down, check it out, see what they've got, uh, and, and get yourself a vaccination while you're down there. Uh, for the record, the mayor did get his fourth dose uh, a week ago Friday. So I hope you also... Uh, get your your doses, your updates. Next, we have the Fall Festival, and I'm really looking forward to this. I can tell you that the mayor is bringing cider, donuts, and cider um, to the event, and they will be free for anybody who's there. So this is going to be noon to 3 at Great Court Park. Come on down uh, with your family dressed up in your costumes. There's going to be games, candy, music. Uh, my understanding is it's going to be Hot dogs from the Exchange Club. There's going to be other kinds of food. There'll be games for the kids, like I said, bouncy houses, things like that. Uh, 12 to 3 at uh, Great Court Park, which is up behind uh, Searles, the City Hall. Um, and so always a fun event. We love to see the costumes. The community is really creative when it comes to costumes. So join us this Saturday, October 29th, noon to 3. Um, and you can walk away with a prize. Uh, and speaking of prizes, I think the next slide is probably the Halloween decorated. No, trick or treat. Sorry, smell my feet. Um, that's old. Show my age there, Chief. So trick or treat for Methuen is um, Monday, October 31st, which is Halloween, 5 to 7 p.m. And before somebody asks, if you want to give candy at 7.30, no, the police will not arrest you and the mayor will not shut you down. All right? Um, our sponsored hours are 5 to 7 p.m. And by the way, the chief and Sergeant Muscus and I were talking just before we came on. A lot of trunk-or-treats out there, too, right? So there's a trunk-or-treat at the Tenney School this Friday. Uh, there's one at St. Lucie's. I, I don't know what day of the week it is. There's several. There's trick-or-treat at the Loop, uh, also Saturday, 3 to 6. So you could literally come to the Fall Festival in your costume, win a prize, and then go trick-or-treat at the Loop, 3 to 6. And the Loop has always been good to us. Uh, so make sure you check out the calendar for all the schedules of trunk-or-treats because there's a number of them across the city. Uh, but our trunk-or-treat is Monday, October 31st, 5 to 7. And our Halloween decoration contest from the rec department is uh, underway. 
and hopefully you're sending your pictures of your decorations to Methuen Parks Erect at sangelo at ci.methuen.ma.us. Again, that's sangelo, Steve Angelo, sangelo at ci.methuen.ma.us. Send it in by October 31st for your chance to win gift cards to a local business. Um, and, you know, I've seen several across the city. Did you guys decorate the police station? Do we have Halloween decorations at the police station? We got a handful up, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Oh, we got some mums out there. Right? Huh? Yeah, got some mums that were delivered Do today. You? Yeah. That's more Looking professional. Good. Like, yeah. yeah. So I've seen some people that uh, are, are very creative in the city that do fantastic things. Um, both Halloween and for Christmas. So, uh, and, and we, the city, can learn from them. Next up, we have the uh, Veterans Day Parade, which is scheduled for November 11th. And I'm going to, this is a Friday this year, and I'm going to make my plea again. It's still time to register to be in the parade. Contact John Dowd at 978-983-6839959 or email Tom Hargraves at thargraves at hotmail.com. Uh, the deadline to register for the parade is uh, November 4th. Um, and, and I want to be candid. You know, I said last week on the show, and I repeat it here. Uh, typically, the, the Veterans Day parade in the past, there's been more people in the parade than watching the parade. Um, and, and what I said last week, and I, I repeat today, is uh, we owe a great debt to all of our service veterans. And uh, it's unfortunate that this parade doesn't get the, the attendance that it should. So, especially on the heels of the Wall That Heals, which was such a magnificent event in the city. Come on out Friday morning, um, November 11th. Uh, the lineup starts at 9.30, and the parade begins on Broadway at the American Legion at 10 o'clock. Uh, so come on out and watch it, please, and, and partake of it, and say thank you to our veterans. Remember, um, Veterans Day is to say thank you to all our veterans, and Memorial Day is to thank those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. So... Come on out Friday, November 11th, and join us. I'll be there, and I hope to see you there. And then we have the big one, the uh, 2022 Methuen Santa Parade, which Steve Angelo is telling me we've got lots of people interested. So any groups interested in participating should contact the Methuen Parks and Recreation at 978-983-8590. Again, that's 978-983-8590. Or email bmanzi at ci.methuen.ma.us. And if you email Bill Manzi... Tell him uh, congratulations. He, re- in the cast last month, became a dad. He's the proud dad of a young man, which he named Bill Mansey the Fifth. <laughs> right? Uh, I don't think they're big on uh, straying from the, the lines of that family. So Bill Mansey the Fifth, sell, tell Bill Mansey the Fourth, congratulations, and Bill Mansey the Third, uh, who's probably too old to hear you, tell him congratulations too. <laughs> but our Santa Parade is the 19th at 1 o'clock. Uh, it will kick off on Pelham Street, as it always does, at the Park and Ride, and it will proceed uh, through the center of town and all the way up to um, Methuen High School, the stadium. Um, and it's a great parade. Uh, we've got lots of rooms involved. It's still not too late to get involved, uh, but it's also time to mark your calendar and make sure you're there, because even the Jolly Old Elk makes a, an appearance at that parade. Uh, by the way, I just heard today that um, the Senior Center is doing... Uh, the, the chorus, the uh, Red Hearts chorus is going to be December 8th, Christmas. I'm not dancing this time. I heard that you're, uh, you and Tim Shee are dressing up as elves. That's what I was just told. Well, I, I was just notified of that myself. <laughs> I don't know how pleased I am about it, but... I told uh, <laughs> Chief Sheehy that I would willingly contribute to the costumes for the two of you. So, 
Uh, we have something to look forward to, Matt. A little camera action required there. I don't see why there can't be a third elf there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, last but not least, um, um, we got a couple ads here. So we are looking for a Christmas tree search. Uh, we're looking for a tree that's every bit as good as li- last year's was about 45 foot high. So we're looking for as good, if not better. If you have an idea, um, you know, reach out to our rec department. They're going to be getting a lot of emails. They're getting emails on Halloween decoration, on, on the Santa Parade, and now they're going to get emails on the tree. Uh, I think our tree lighting is tentatively set for December 3rd, but we need to find the perfect tree in the meantime. So please don't be shy. If you've got like a 45 to 50 foot tree, that would make a great tree for our Christmas tree. And by the way, before somebody asks me, we're also going to light up the tree that I call the pencil. The pencil is the tree at the library. Matt smiles because he knows what that is. Um, you know, in the past years, we've lit up the, the pencil tree or not lit up the pencil tree. We're lighting that up this year. Eric was looking for a quote today for somebody to put the lights on the pencil tree. So we're going forward with that. And we're going to have this 45 to 50 foot tree at the loop. And by the way, once we find the perfect tree, we're going to have a tree lighting event that's equally spectacular last year's uh, with the the train rides and all that kind of stuff. So uh, a lot of effort being put into it. We're going to have more hot chocolate than we had last year. We ran out of hot chocolate pretty early last year. Okay, now to switch to a more serious subject, we've got a family in Methuen that um, has a, uh, a daughter who needs a liver transplant. And so they've reached out to several of our counselors and to the mayor and asked for support, and I'm asking for your support. And there's a number of different ways you can support. So if we go to that ad, the Layla Strong fundraiser event, uh, is November 4th, 6 to 11 p.m. at the Elks Lodge in Lawrence. Um, you know, uh, if you want to perform, if you want to sing, if you want to dance, like our chief occasionally does, contact them. Uh, they are in need of fundraising items. Uh, the whole purpose of this benefit event is to raise money towards uh, Layla's transplant. She needs a liver transplant. So uh, the mayor's going to be there, and I would heartily encourage you to um, come as well. Um, this young lady's one years old, Layla. She needs a liver transplant, like I said. So call them at 978-419-1732 and talk to Diana uh, to either, um, you know, perform or to um, donate some fundraising items, if you would. And then reserve your ticket online, uh, HTTPS, colon backslash tinyurl.com backslash Layla Strong. And so this ad will be out there. We're going to put this out on the city website so that you can help support. And there's one more slide that's a little bit better. There you go. So this one talks about the raffle basket donations needed. The mayor's going to uh, donate a basket as well as buy a ticket and challenges you to match his, his or her actions. Let's, let's, let's do this well so that Layla can get the life-saving liver transplant that she needs. God bless her and her family. Uh, again, contact Diana at 978-419. 1732 or email ddbrown4 at gmail.com. All right, so those are the ads that we had for the program today. And so now I want to kind of switch into the meat of the program and why I had the chief here and, and, and Sergeant Muskis here. So earlier today, the chief, Matt, and Lieutenant Ferreira, and it's unfortunate Lieutenant Ferreira had uh, law school tonight, so he's unable to join us. We went down to what I consider to be a joyous occasion. And I'm pleased to announce that uh, today, earlier today, uh, the Methuen Police Department uh, achieved uh, certification through the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And that is a significant 
um, achievement when you consider uh, we really only went back on the path about a year ago. Right, gentlemen? And so uh, I want to say kudos to both of you. Kudos to you, Chief, for your leadership, and kudos to you, Matt, and uh, Lieutenant Ferrer, for your leadership of the certification. But I think it would be good if you kind of tell the people, you know, we understand this, what's involved in the certification? So how do people understand? I don't know if you want to start a chief. Yeah. Sure. So, Mayor, as you know, um, you commissioned that performance audit just a couple of years ago. And amongst other deficiencies, they pointed out that we really had not made any inroads towards achieving accreditation. Now, accreditation is the, is the gold standard for law enforcement agencies here in Massachusetts. Um, to reach the level of accreditation, you, you have to show that you're um, conforming with 257 um, standards. Um, you have to show that not only are these standards embedded in your policies and procedures, your rules and regulations, but uh, also that you're, you're following and you're conforming with those standards. It's certainly, it, 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 some people have the misconception that it's simply writing a bunch of policies and then, you, you know, and you're there. Right. But it's, it goes well beyond that. It's a, it's a lot of work that goes into it, a lot of policy formation, a lot of policy compliance, and, and frankly, a lot of infrastructure improvements that had to occur to get us to this place. So um, really, I would say if I did one thing wonderfully well upon my arrival, it was identifying Matt and Lieutenant Ferreira, uh, you know, two people that are particularly skilled. They have the, the, skill, set, the skill set and the leadership ability to kind of uh, usher us through this process. So we are in a really good place right now, having just achieved certification. We've uh, essentially um, satisfied 159 of the standards that are required to get to the next step. Um, and when we talk about standards, every policy, every, every police department is governed by po uh, policies and procedures, as you might imagine. So I'll give you this example. Every, every police department will have like a domestic violence policy, but the accreditation committee might have a standard that says, in your domestic violence policy, uh, amongst the other um, provisions is, 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 for example, you have to have a patrol supervisor respond to the scene of a domestic violence um, call. So it has to be embedded into your policy. So Matt's been kind of charged with taking our policies, making the changes where, they, where they're required, adding um, what's required for um, uh, certification and accreditation, making those changes, and then, and then doing the follow-up to make, make sure that we're conforming with those standards. So um, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm just so <coughs> proud of us as an organization. I'm, I'm happy for the city of the Methuen. I think it's a sign that um, the men and women of the Methuen Police Department are certainly conforming with modern-day best practices when doing, we're doing things right. Thank you. And, and I want to um, echo something. I want to embarrass you and say uh, something I've said publicly before. Uh, every single day that you've been on the job since we appointed you, and it's been a year now, correct? Just over a year, yes. Just over a year. We had a happy anniversary. Thank you. I, I want to tell you, you have reinforced the decision to appoint you. You've done a marvelous job, and I want, you, I want the public to hear that, right? So you're well, spectacular. Th the kind words, Mayor, thank you for that. And I, I, I'll just say that... Um, you really made it easy in the sense that I, I've been fully supported from from you, Mayor, your office, you yourself, the City Council, certainly the men and women of the of the of the Methuen Police Department themselves. Who I really uh, I, I really found myself in a just a unique and wonderful position. Um, grateful for every day that I'm here. Grateful for this wonderful opportunity, right. and uh, and I want to say grateful to the citizens of Methuen for giving yeah. for giving me this opportunity. Certainly yeah. they've. They've embraced me. They've embraced our department in a way that perhaps they have not in the past. So it's, uh, it's been a symbiotic relationship on many levels, and uh, things are really kind of moving in the right direction, I Happy think. Uh, I think they are, and, and that's a great way to, 
to segue here, Chief, moving in the right direction, right? Moving in a positive direction. And so if, if the, you know, the folks at home forget everything else that we're talking about here, understand the professionalism and the level that's being experienced by your police department and recognized by the state. And that's what's important here, right? Um, so Matt, I want to swing over to you for a minute and, and talk to you about, a little bit about your role in the certification process, right? And so describe what you, you, know, what you had to do. So I'm, I'm tasked as the accreditation manager. So I had to review these standards and then uh, bring up policy changes to the chief. We would discuss everything, make the updates, and then go back out to the unions, the sworn civilian staff, and put these policies in place and then abide by these policies and then make some changes in the department with our procedures and various things. But I realized we do a lot of the things that are required by accreditation already, just that we never took credit for them. Right. During that time. So, so, and you said, and, and I probably get the numbers wrong, it's 150... 159 certification. Right. Then we'll do 98 accreditation, and then another 75 optional standards. Right. So we're, we're shooting, I want to make sure the audience understands. So we're certified now, but we're shooting for accreditation, which is a higher level. Correct. Correct. So mm-hmm. what's, the, what's involved in the transition from certification to accreditation? Do it again. So we have, we have a, a mock assessment coming up in November where some local agency members will come review our files and walk through the department. And then in December, we'll do our accreditation assessment. And so we'll be reviewed the same we were for certification, but all the additional standards above and beyond certification. And then hopefully we get reviewed by the commission again, and we attain the full yeah. accreditation. Now, one of the things I took away from the luncheon today was it was a good luncheon. The sausage was good. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt liked that. So, mm-hmm. um, not every police department in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts is either certified or accredited, right? So there was, I'd say roughly in the neighborhood of 200 I saw on the list that were either reaccredited, accredited, or certified, which means there's probably about 150 or change that are not in the process somewhere. Now, sure. have you seen a change? I guess I'd ask this to both of you. Is that in Methuen, definitely there was uh, a clamor for uh, certification and accreditation, right? This is a the perfect storm. Yeah. Ultimately, I mean, I think everybody wanted it with the support from you, the city council, the citizens, and then everybody in the department was all for it. So I think it made my job, Lieutenant Ferreira, everybody else's job easier to get this push forward. I know that we've been in self-assessment for a long time. Right. And last May, May, May of 2021, we really started the process. and There was a lot of buy-in. So it moved along really quick. Yeah. And we were able to get the policies, all over 150 policies, uh, modified. Like I said, we had a lot of this, the policies and procedures in place, but we had to tweak some stuff a little bit right. to make it in compliance, and there was no pushback on that. Yeah. Um, not, nothing, no major changes to the department. We've already been, like I said, already been doing this. So it was a qu- pretty quick process yep. compared to but, what it would but normally But there are take. some infrastructure changes mm-hmm. as well, right? So one of the things I want to talk about, and one of the things you and I have talked about is, uh, you know, 90 Hampshire Street. Um, is not a brand new building. No. There's definitely some things that need to be addressed there. And, and some of them are like the evidence room or, or the bathrooms or the showers, for example. But let's talk about the evidence yeah. room because I think that could factor into the accreditation, if I'm correct, right? Yes. Yeah, so we're, um, we're grateful for the, um, the um, infusion of money and the capital improvement plan that you've dedicated to this um, to this. Um, process that needs to take place. We're, we're going to need to do a full audit, yeah. uh, find out exactly where we are. 
Um, and then what we're looking to do is, is take a, a portion of, of our department, um, reconfigure the basement, kind of do a build out of the infrastructure that's appropriate to support all of our, our evidence, and then kind of like after we do the audit, kind of transition it into a more secure space yeah. um, and kind of streamline that whole procedure and get to, get to a better place. Um, just to back up real quick, because I, I, I don't want to miss this point, one of, the, one of the reasons we were able to move the ball so quickly is because of the complete compliance we got from the unions. Um, mm. You know, working with public employee union, unions from a management perspective can sometimes be um, a slow, methodical process. Um, unions, if they're inclined, can, can kind of throw up barriers and blockades, um, and that's not what I experienced here. I, I really kind of experienced a, a department that was kind of clamoring for change and uh, you know, <coughs> they kind of trusted the process and I think, um, I think part of it was having Matt on the ground floor. I just think the rank and file of the department really kind of uh, tr trust Sergeant Muskis. They, they, uh, they trust his decision-making ability. They trust that when he has input into forming a policy, he has, he has both the management perspective in mind and, and of course the rank and file in mind. So there was a handful of occasions where they would come back to me and say, we have an issue with this, and, and, uh, and if, I, if it was something that we could change, make a reasonable accommodation, but not slow the process or do anything that, that um, might conflict with the, um, the standards, we made those changes wherever they were appropriate. But that's what allowed us to move the ball so quickly. Had this been handled by way of grievances and change of working conditions, you know how those work out, Mayor, yeah. it's months and years, yep. and, and before you know it, um, there are different stakeholders in place, and that's why you wonder sometimes how, how these assessment books end up like in the corner for, for a decade. Right, right. Um, but the unions really deserve a lot of credit here. The men and women of the department really do deserve a lot of credit here because yeah. they worked with us to get this done. And I appreciate you doing that, but it all begins with leadership, so I, I want to echo my congratulations to you two. So we got some questions coming in, or comments, I should say. Um, uh, Sue Riccio says, congratulations, Bethune PD. We had a great afternoon today with the 45s game. I know, Chief, you didn't make it back in time because of the event we were at. Um, uh, Sue Riccio also said, uh, oh, yes, you are. It will be great. Costumes are all set for December 8th. So I need to see those, Sue, first and make sure they're the appropriate costumes for the two chiefs. Um, I don't know who sewed that. It's got to be a pretty large costume for me. <laughs> uh, Dan Chabillia says, nice work, MPD. It's great to see the changes on Hampshire Street. The chief is doing great things. I agree with that. Thank Next you. up, DPW accreditation. So, you know, Dan, that's great. Uh, actually, what we're doing, um, and, and I'm going to talk about this. So uh, there was a, uh, um, was a resolution brought to council to get every department accreditation or certification. And it passed. And I'll be candid. I, I was against it. Um, not, not because the sprint intent of it. Uh, so what we are doing is we're working with the Collins Center right now. We got a grant, and they're in Methuen, and they're working with us on going through and clarifying job descriptions, number one. Um, and let me explain what I mean by that. So that every role in every department other than PD, um, so that it's clear and it's compared to other communities, and it's not written around a person. Rather, it's written around the job that needs to be performed. And, Dan, to your point, it, it would include uh, licensure or certification required to do the job and, and other aspects, safety training and things like that. I know that comes as part of this accreditation. So hopefully that answers your question, Dan. But um, I want to go back to give both of you a chance. So, you know, I, I don't want people to walk away thinking this is just policies get changed and now 
congratulations. So you got to follow the policies too, right? So how do you how do you make sure that the the man and woman in the field understands, you know, the changes to the policy? What, what do you, what do you do? So we we have a program we implemented called PMAM. We send the policies out through this program, and they're required to obviously sign off on them, acknowledge them, just like most places. If we make an update to it, we have the ability to send out an update, and then they can compare them side to side, and they right. can notice what was deleted, what was changed, what was added. Instead of having to go through a 35-page policy, they now can hone in on exactly what they need to look at. There's so many policies, laws, rules, regulations they need to abide by. Um, it's overwhelming, so they need to have a resource to be able to look back. And right. They can access this on their phone, yep. on the computer. Um, a lot of stuff goes through that. And then as far as accreditation goes, it doesn't end today. So we'll be certified. We're certified now. We're going to push. We have our accelerated accreditation in December. Hopefully we'll hear back on that early next year. And then we, we begin a three-year recertification process where every single year you have to go through every single standard replace the proof of, of uh, compliance. Uh, it has to do with you know hiring, training, promotions, everything. We have to go through and get proofs of that and replace everything that's in our folders yeah. and make sure we review it, that we're up to date with all the new standard updates. And then we'll get reassessed every three years. All right. uh, so it's, it's an ongoing process, lots mm-hmm. of training and uh, assisting with other agencies in their, in their accreditation and, and certification process as well. Yeah, and essentially, as part of that process, Mayor, when, the, when these teams come in to assess us, they're doing just that. They're more or less auditing to make sure that we're conforming with the policy. So, for example, one of the policies, Matt, is right is that we must make sure that we administer the oath of office. That might sound elementary, but we didn't have a policy that said that. Of course, we were doing right. it, um, but it's not enough just to have a policy. Now they want to say, all right, well, where's the, where's the signed off oath that you know that signifies that you did in fact deliver it right you know so so i mean that's a that's a real rather basic example of it but the point is is that all all of this is audited by you know we agree we're we're volunteering voluntarily agreeing to have this um massachusetts police accreditation commission come in and evaluate us um and 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 confirm in fact that we're operating in, uh, in compliance with best practices excellent I right, got some more questions, but we've got some more comments I want to share with you guys. Mm. So Chang's Taekwondo America says, we do appreciate the Methuen Police. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, thank you. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Nancy Reardon, uh, who multitasks, mm-hmm. uh, said, I had a blast today playing 45s. Congratulations to Sergeant Jamie Moore and his partner, Connie, for coming in first place. That would not have been the case if the chief and the mayor were able to make it to the 45s <laughs> tournament. Uh, a little cough over there from Nancy. Uh, wait a minute. I, I heard that they're reviewing the tapes. I, I think Sergeant Jamie Moore may have reneged on the ace of hearts in, oh. in the final. Oh. So that, that uh, might get overturned. Uh, Bella Parada Country Girl says, thank you for keeping us all safe. Uh, I salute you. So kudos, guys. And my good friend, Anomalous, I haven't talked to you in forever. I hope you're well, my friend. Says, thanks, as always, for your efforts, engagement, transparency, Mayor Perry. Hope everyone has a good Halloween coming up. I do, too. I hope it's nice and quiet. Um, so I, I want to talk about uh, more than just the certifications. Um, you know, Chief, uh, and I'm probably hit you cold turkey. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the public camera program because we haven't been back since we talked about it. And now we've got some situated. Sure. We're not going to talk about where they are. But um, let's talk about, you know, are we starting to see uh, any impact from those? Are we starting to use those at all? 
Well, we haven't rolled them out in a formal sense just yet. Um, we need to train up our employees about, about how to use the software, you know, what its intended purpose is. Like every policy, as, as, as Matt explained, we need to roll out the policy. We need to make sure everybody understands and signs off on it. So we're not there yet, but we're going to get there very soon. Um, of course, these, these cameras are up, and if we need to access them for, for um, evidentiary reasons, we're able to do that. So there has been a couple of occasions where there have been some high-level matters that we've had to use the cameras, um, um, and we've gleaned some evidence from that, and we're hoping to announce some, some potential arrests associated with, with what we've gleaned from the evidence. But essentially what the public cameras are all about is it's just another tool for, for law enforcement officers, for, for Methuen police officers to utilize. Um, Methuen police officers aren't going to change anything they do. They're just going to add something to what they do. Um, whenever there's a, a, a crime in the city, Methuen police officers, the, the uniform officers, they go out and they do a thorough preliminary investigation. Um, and what that means is they're going to talk to the victim of the crime. They're going to recover evidence wherever it might, might be. They're going to canvas, knock on doors, going to talk, talk to witnesses. And then they're going to return to the station, put that all together, and see if they can identify the offender and try to work those leads. But the big difference is now the, the, the line-level Methuen police officers, when they return to the station, they're going to log on to this um, public camera system. They're going to take a look at the footage that's available within the software and determine if there's any evidence that, that could help them in their investigation. So, for example, whenever there's a crime, we all know that you, you came from a certain place to commit it, and you perhaps fled in a certain uh, direction to get away. Maybe sometimes we'll get lucky, and the, and the incident itself will get caught on camera. It doesn't happen all that often, to be honest. But it, what happens more often than not is we, we get a bit of evidence uh, from the cameras as people are going and coming or going from the scene, particularly in a vehicle. So think of how valuable that might be to an officer to get a particular description of the offender's car, maybe even a license plate. So in my experience, I, and I think you know, Mayor, and many of uh, people watching outside know that I ha had the pleasure of working in Lawrence for 25 years before I came here to Methuen, and Lawrence kind of transitioned to a public camera system four years ago, five years ago. They have 510 cameras in their seven wow. square miles, 72 yeah. cameras per mile. Um, by way of comparison, we have, we'll have 48 in the first iteration, so that's two per square mile. Yep. But I will say that I've seen th that that camera system be the uh, have, have lead to the only lead, the only lead whatsoever to which crimes were solved, everything ranging from hit and run to homicide, things that would have never been solved but for the existence of the public cameras. So yeah. I, I, think it's, I think over time we're going to see just how effective they are, and I think we're going to see citizens from all corners of our, of our community saying, can you put one in my neighborhood? Right. right. I agree with you on that. So... Um, that's good news on the cameras. My understanding is, I talked to Luis uh, Santiago, our CIO, just before I got here. We've, we're up to 18 that are placed. So we still got 30-some-odd uh, to go, yeah. uh, but um, getting there. And, uh, you know, as you and I talked about on the ride down to Marlboro today, it's important that once we do the first 50, we roll into the second 50, right? Because to me, the 100 across the 20, mm -hmm. I think I correct, the 24... 25 yeah. square miles is is better than 50, right? Sure. So, yeah. Um, so uh, that's one avenue. Uh, let's talk a little bit about um, diversity in the police force. And, and, you know, I know you've got a program to kind of expand the diversity. I don't know if you want to talk about that as well. 
Sure. Well, first and foremost, it, it's hard to become a, a, a much more diverse agency unless you're hiring, right? right? So, I mean, if you're hiring one officer every every year to kind of stay up to your budget standard, it, it could be a, a glacial process to get to where you want to go. Thankfully, that's not the case here. Uh, as you know, Mayor, we're, we've expanded our, our sworn workforce. Um, when I came here, we were budgeted for 90 police officers, yet we only had 80 in the building. Um, and part of the reorganization plan required for us to build... Um, had us building the department uh, to, from 90 to 106 over a period of two years, um, the first year going from 90 to 98. So by the end of this year, we will have 98 police officers in comparison to the 80 we had about 13 months ago. Um, so that's allowed us the opportunity to hire. And by way of uh, the hiring we've done, and, and I'll be honest, we've simply gone straight down the list and hired by merit. and. We're seeing upwards of 40% of, of the candidates that we've named to either uh, full-time sworn positions or reserve positions. They're coming from a host of different uh, minority areas in our community. So um, we're seeing our, our diversity numbers um, essentially double over a short period of time. Great. I'm also proud to report that we've uh, promoted our first female uh, patrolman to the rank of sergeant in more than 23 years, Sergeant Laurie Borelli. Um, you know, all the posts that we put on Facebook, I think that one got the most attention. And yeah. uh, I think a lot of people are excited about, about that promotion, and certainly we are as well. Yeah. She's a, quite an asset to the department. Um, we, we, of course, are, are in the process of launching our cadet program. Our cadet program is meant to kind of tackle this diversity issue and, and maybe give, just give us another um, push in the right direction. We're going to hire two young people this year into non-sworn uh, positions. Um, they're going to work in the police department. They're going to be people, young, young men and women in the age bracket from 19 to 23, perhaps people um, that uh, might not have had an opportunity to kind of break into, into this career otherwise. So we would like to give a hand up uh, to, to two, uh, two candidates this year. Um, but what they're going to do is while they're with us, they're going to they're work, they're going to do tasks like man our front window, maybe answer phones, that sort of thing. But while they're here with us, we're also going to coach them up, expose them, teach them, give them a window into this profession, and prepare them for a life in law enforcement. After two years, if they leave our organization in good standing, all they need to do is pass the civil service exam. And if they pass the exam, we can hire one out of every three candidates direct from that list. And these are going to be candidates that I'm, I'll be looking to fill these positions with um, diverse candidates because it's an area we, we really need to improve on in the department. That's great. That's great. Um, now, we got a couple of questions that came in, Chief, while you were talking there. So, um, and um, I'm going to throw, are the certification standards online? Can somebody see what the certification standards are? Yes, um, the Mass Police Accreditation Commission has a website. Um, it's uh, MPAC for short. It's, it's online. You can look at all the standards, uh, different requirements. Excellent. So, uh, Larry, that's the answer to your question. Nancy Reardon, who is, again, multitasking, says, uh, what makes it important for a police department to be certified? Why is that important? Why is it a big deal? It just shows that we're voluntarily following the, the best practices in policing. Um, we're up with the, the best agencies in Massachusetts. And any time there's a change, for example, all the, the post, the post commission came up with a bunch of, uh, you know, changes for us and, and updates. And when they do that... Uh, MPAC will send those out to us, and then we'll update policies if we need to and make sure we're in compliance with everything real time. Excellent. So to add to that, Mayor, I just want to say that 
in my mind, it, it confers a, a level of legitimacy to our department that wouldn't exist otherwise. It's, it's easy for me to say we're, we're keeping up with current 21st century best practices, right. and you're left to take my word for it. Yeah. But now we have the validation of saying no, and we've opened ourselves up to scrutiny. We've allowed this organization to come in to evaluate us and certify that that is, in fact, the case. Yeah, what I really like what you guys both said, though, is... Uh, you know, you achieve certification, and hopefully you achieve accreditation, and it doesn't stop there. There's a, a re-accreditation, right? So, uh, what is it, every three years? Every three years. Every three years, there's a consistent evaluation to see if you're continuing the progress of, you know, maintaining those mm -hmm. best practices. If right? I might add, we, so we're required as well. Um, we became assessors, uh, Lieutenant Ferrer and I, so we can visit other departments. We did uh, the Salem Mass Police uh, re-accreditation. I did Hudson Mass accreditation. I'll go to Newburyport. He's a bunch of different agencies, Haverhill, uh, so on and so forth. So we get to visit other agencies and see how they do it. And if we see things they might do better, right. we, can, we can pick up on that. And we've actually yeah. had them come to us. We had one agency come and say, oh, I like the way you do this. Can you send me this form or you know, this policy? I'd like to copy it. So they, we, we do a lot of networking and trading different ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And there, I think it's, um, I'd like to also point out that I think one of the misconceptions is you kind of achieve this standard, this, what, we, what I like to refer to as the gold standard in law enforcement. You get that big unwieldy plaque as we had today, like you put it's it on the wall and you're yeah. done. And that's yeah. really not the case. Right. It, it's an ongoing process that's that you need really to commit to. That's the point I really wanted to make there, Chief, right? What you said is it's not a one and done or a fire and forget. It's really more about, you know, a, a constant participative process over time, right? And I really like that. Um, so here, um, we got one. Can you add cameras in front of both market basket stores for the flood of cars that are constantly parked illegally in the fire lane? These illegally parked cars are blocking traffic and putting pedestrians at risk. I'll answer that for you. So we're not going to put a camera on a private, uh, excuse me, yeah, a private space because that is not city-owned property. Uh, we will alert the traffic officer yeah. to take spins through. Uh, but I got to appeal to, you know, that 98 offices is over three shifts, right? That's 24-7. So you don't need to do the math to say, um, you know, we do have a parking enforcement team, and we can't alert them to that. Um, but also helpful is when you see it happening, call, right, so that we can send somebody in the moment. Uh, I've seen it myself. Uh, unless you're bold and brassy like the mayor, I stop and tell people, move your car. And I think just because it's the city vehicle, they kind of get the hint and move along, right? But uh, I have no actual enforcement powers, Sergeant, as you know, right? So um, I've, I've actually stopped uh, people uh, who did trash on the previous contract when they were dumping stuff on the street and said, hey, pick that up. And the guy said to me, who are you? I said, I'm the mayor. He said, okay, wh whatever. <laughs> so uh, I don't think people are impressed with it. Um, uh, Lisa Farias says, we're so grateful to you for all of you, thank you all for your hard work, and I echo that. You guys, I, I want to emphasize for uh, our constituents, um, this is tremendous uh, accomplishment in a year. The, the, the leadership and the direction, and I, I appreciate the participation of the unions, but it couldn't happen without leadership. So, Chief, kudos to you, uh, and kudos to you, Sergeant, and kudos to uh, Lieutenant Ferrer, because without the leadership from you three, this doesn't get done in my mind, right? And, and so it's a significant... I think uh, what I want the community to understand is, you know, we had that audit, um, you know, and I'll say this publicly, when you, when you were interviewed for chief, I loved how you responded to the sections of the audit. And so um, 
What we've continued to do at MPD is address the, and I don't want to call them deficiencies, the areas where we weren't measuring up, right? And this is yet another area where we're, you know, and I want to say this publicly, we're adding consistency in how we, and you said it better than I could, how we bring officers onto the force, how we assign them for uh, specific duties or promote them. Uh, all of that is encompassed as part of this certification and accreditation process, right? Mm -hmm. So, I want to uh, just give one, one shout out here, Mayor, because I think it's important. Um, part of my speech today at, the, um, at our award ceremony, I, I acknowledge this man. Um, Lieutenant Ed Guy from Andover, I will say that most chiefs, like myself, we underst I, I understood conceptually what it required to get to accreditation, but then there's a whole other matter of practically getting there. So Lieutenant Ed Guy from Andover, he, and, <coughs> I believe he's a familiar name here, um, yes. a former Methuen police officer, his dad was a deputy chief. Um, he's a subject matter expert himself, and uh, shortly after my arrival, um, he gave me a call. He made himself available. He spent quite a bit of time at our department kind of mentoring us and coaching us through this. So really grateful to, uh, to, to Eddie Guy. Uh, just a great great person, yeah. and uh, he's been a great help to us. So Yeah, and kudos to Lieutenant Guy. So he was uh, another candidate for your job. Yeah. Um, and, and what I really love is that, you know, he didn't get it, but he didn't turn away and say, uh, the hell with yeah. the one. What does, that, um, what does that say about him, right? It, it, quality individual, right? And, yeah. And so you need that. So uh, and grateful I to his chief that. for allowing him to uh, spend some time here as well. Absolutely. Uh, chief Keefe. Um, so, you, you know, I want to go back. Uh, you mentioned something a couple minutes ago that I want to touch on on the universities. So I got to um, go to my first academy graduation with you two weeks ago, right? Yeah. Um, and I was really blown away by it. And, and Matt, not just by the bagpipes, although the bagpipes were spectacular, let me be honest with you. Um, and I love the fact that you, you want to talk about uh, perfect storm or perfect timing. Yeah. Uh, one of our three graduates from that academy, uh, Haitian Creole background, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. And I, I forget his Officer name. Officer Grant uh, Jean Mary. Yeah. And so, uh, um, you know, I want to touch on this uh, third rail. So we had these um, folks that were pumped into the Methuen community by DHCD without alerting uh, the municipal government, and that was really frustrating for me. Mm -hmm. But one of the pluses that I saw when you and I went over to the hotel last night to speak to those individuals um, was uh, this office is uh, fluent in Creole. And so uh, I had um, Officer Santiago on my left and Officer... Grant, uh, uh, I always Grant, screw this up. Yeah. Jean Mary. Yeah, I, I, I will get this right because I want to call him Gene, right? Well, it's uh, three first names. It's hard. It <laughs> is, yeah. It's, it's, like a, uh, it's like a rhythm, you know. Um, he was on my right, and so, you know, we were talking to the folks, and uh, Officer Gene was translating into Creole, and Officer Santiago was translating into Spanish. It was really fabulous because mm -hmm. we had uh, people who spoke English, Creole, and Spanish in the same room. And <coughs> I want to be clear, uh, the mayor's discontent over that situation is not focused on the individuals themselves uh, because we have to retain our compassion as human beings. And one of the things that I worry about is sometimes we get an overly hard edge. Our, our frustration collectively, yours, mine, the taxpayers, should be with the state for doing that without coordinating with the city of Methuen. And I do want to uh, acknowledge some progress in that regard. Um, in, in discussions with the state, um, if there uh, are children there that are going to be school uh, required to put into Bethune Public Schools, uh, we're 
I'm of the belief that there will be additional funding provided by the state. And that's the important part here, that the brunt of this is not forced on the constituents and the taxpayers of Bethune. Um, but, you know, what I don't want you to do is have a mixed message. I don't want people going over the hotel and, uh, you know, portraying a negative image of Bethune for those people, right? Because those people have suffered. My issue more with the state was we've got homeless in our community that we're struggling to service. Why isn't DHCD helping us with those folks rather than bringing people into our community? And so, uh, but we have seen progress there. But the best part was uh, that officer, you know, translating in Creole. I, I mean, I was sitting there last night before I, I went to sleep and thinking, what's the odds of getting an officer who speaks Creole? But mm -hmm. uh, fantastic, right? So we've had, uh, um, you know, three graduates from the last academy, and then we had more in the previous one, correct? Yeah, we had seven. Uh, seven. Seven. Then three just came out that are right. enough. So the first seven, they went to the academy. They've since completed their field training program, and they are fully fledged Methuen police officers on the road right now. Um, another three that recently graduated from the academy in the last two weeks that are currently in our field training program. Two more that are um, in the academy now. Right. And as you know, we've been able to attract um, five transfers to the city of Methuen from other agencies. And I think that that's... That's a real sign too. Like when 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 people are transferring to your agency, that they want to be it's, part it's a of it, sign right? that something's yeah. something's going going in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. Well, kudos to you. And, um, uh, so we've got two in there. We we just graduated three. So talk a little bit. Maybe Matt, you could uh, talk a little bit about the field training activity. What what does an officer go through as part of field training? So obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, through the through the academy, you're going to pull in laws and everything like that, and patrol procedures but you're not really speaking to people out on the street. So you go into field training for, for several months, um, and you get it rotated between different field training officers on various shifts so that you can experience doing the work. You might start off initially just riding with the other police officer, the field training officer, and then you transition into actually taking some of the calls, writing the reports, having the interactions, making the decisions. And towards the end, you do a shadow phase where you're on your own, but you're being shadowed by your FTO, and they're going to go to the calls with you, but they're not going to step in unless something's going wrong. And they'll let you handle the calls and, and sign off and make sure that you're, you're good to be out there. So if the I could paraphrase, book learning versus practical. Practical. Right. Correct. Right. So the FTO is practical real-life training. And they do that for a couple months, you said, and then? Well, then after that, I mean, besides all the administrative stuff they have to pick up before that, once you're released to a shift, you're still working with the officers on your shift and your right. different supervisors. So I found myself making phone calls every day to run things by my fellow officers, supervisors, so on and so forth, and we still do it. Yeah. Uh, you, you're, there's no way you could possibly know everything when yeah. you're on the street. Questions always come up. You, you, ask, you ask each other for help. Yeah. So, so I, I, we're, all, we're at 551. I so I wanted to talk to you about something I know. Uh, I'm going to say it wrong, but comp stat. I want to talk a little bit about that because sure. we're, we're, we're not quite yet ready for prime time, but we've done a couple of months worth of activities. And I want you to kind of generally talk about it because I think it's something that's uh, absolutely fantastic, right? So, so it's a monthly meeting. Um, uh, at the higher level command staff is, is all present each month. Um, of course, Mayor, you, you're there with me each, each month. And essentially what we're doing is um, we're, we're questioning each of the shift commanders and the other unit and division commanders about what's, what's going on under their leadership um, each and every month. We're doing comparisons 
So for example, um, we'll, we'll next month we'll compare October of this year to October of the previous year. And we'll look at, we'll start by looking at part one crimes. And we, when we say part one crimes, we're looking at on the violent side, murder, rape, robbery, aggravated assault, and on the property side, commercial burglary, burglary residential burglary, larceny plus 12, uh, 1250, and we uh, substitute auto theft for arson. We look at those eight categories, and we and we make comparisons. And um, and one of the things we that we really kind of hammer down is closure rates. Mm -hmm. We look at national averages, and we and, and we make comparisons. Uh, you know, where do we stand on that? Um, are we ahead of the curve? Are we behind the curve? And then we even dri drive down <coughs> even further, and we start looking at each and every report, and we start asking questions to make sure that every reasonable lead has been exhausted before we kind of shelve a case. We want to make sure we, do, we move heaven and earth to solve cases. And really what this, this meet, these meetings are about two things. It's about information sharing and coordinating so that we do things better. But it's also about accountability. It's about holding police officers, police supervisors accountable to their profession um, to make sure that they're uh, effectively supervising, they're making informed deployment uh, decisions, and um, they're really kind of, you know, um, pressing down and scrutinizing to make sure leads are followed. You know, one of the things I caution young police officers about, uh, it's easy to get into bad habits after you go to your, your 50th residential break or your hundredth auto accident, you start to get into habits of saying, what did the person look like? Which way did they run? What did the car look like? Okay, the end. And it's, it doesn't have to be the end. Often there are leads to follow. And um, I, I, my point is anybody can be a scribe, but we send you to the academy, we teach you, we coach you, we put you, we put you through this field training program because we believe you're better than that. Right. And it's about holding um, supervisors to that standard as well. Yeah. And um, I think having you there with me is, is such a uh, helpful and, a, and effective part of it because you see what some of the challenges are. Um, sometimes it's, it's support and infrastructure challenges right. that are holding us right. back. And you know, having you there to hear it at the ground level and seeing what, uh, what we're up against, I, I, I certainly know I have a, uh, a partner in you. And, 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 and same goes for the council and the public at large. But, uh, Having you as part of that means a lot to me. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I want to talk about is uh, one of the hires we made that I think the public needs to be aware of is Director Reby, and, oh, yeah. and she's done a fantastic job. She has hit the ground running, and she really knows how to, uh, I don't know, segment, yeah. you know, ideas and, and target analysis so that we take a hard look at it and say, what's happening here? What's happening? I, I mentioned catalytic converters. I know right, yeah. th that was one of the things from the last one I went to, but... Um, I think we got to get her on the show, Chief, with you. Right? Yeah, and you know what? So, that, that'd be a great idea. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, what a find we, we, we have in Director Reby. <coughs> She's really kind of on the cutting edge of her profession. Um, frankly, she, she was kind of teaching this, right. not just here in the country, but nationally. Um, I, I remember when I called to offer the jo her the job, she was, she was uh, teaching in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So just an amazing and person a, and, a and by the way just author, right? say again a published author oh yeah two two best-selling books um and she's going to kill me because i can't remember the name yeah. of her most uh, most recent one <laughs> well <laughs> um, so um, reading, excellence and analytics i believe it is yeah. it is yeah, yeah. so yeah. Uh, and i'll tell you that you know uh reading it um you know you get a good insight to how she attacks 
some sure. of these situations. So, I, you know, I think this all ties in. You know, to me, you know, people might say, well, you know, you're talking about certification. All of it ties together on my mind, right? Whether it's, uh, you know, eight new fleet cruisers or an additional eight that we're about to get, yeah. right? Um, or, you know, a new evidence room or, you know, improved uh, shower facilities mm -hmm. the, or, or our approach to facts and data, right? Looking at the city and saying what's happening where in the city, when, and how are we approaching it? To me, all of that bundles well into this whole certification accreditation process, mm -hmm. if you will, right? So, And I'll say she's so much more than that. Um, really just such a wonder. She's, she has such a positive influence on our department on so many levels. Um, it's really, she's really, really brought a, a breath of fresh air to the department. And I, and I, say, I think one of the things that is true in all organizations, leaders aren't necessarily at the top of the organization always. You find leaders everywhere. You find leaders in your civilian staff. You find uh, leaders in, in the line level. Um, she's clearly a leader in our department from a civilian role, and I'm grateful to have her. Yeah, uh, as we are all. So I, I was thinking, you must be mentally on the same page as uh, Chairman Beauregard. He just wrote in, congratulations, our chief is a breath of fresh air. Oh, there right? you go. So you just use that. Look at that, Matt, huh? It's like they're, they're like, so we're at the 5.57. Same thing. We're Thank down you, to three, Chairman. three minutes. Uh, I wanted to give you a, a, like, a minute here, Matt. Anything you want to see? You want to shout out to the family? Or do you want to? Uh, well, I, obviously, thank you to my wife and kids for supporting me and my, my parents and everything. But I, I want to thank you, Mr. Mayor, for supporting the department yeah. and pushing us and the chief as well because he's made my job very easy from accreditation. Um, I get to something, I come across it, bring it to him, and he pushes it through. Um, everybody in the department's played a, a huge role in the process, so it's not just one individual. It's a whole collective group effort. Yeah, and we're, we're glad to have you part of Methuen PD, so don't let us forget okay. to tell you that, right? You. you and Lieutenant Ferreira, you guys are exhibiting tremendous leadership, so we really appreciate that. Chief, anything you want to add? Yeah, I just want to announce here, here and now who our 2022 Officer Exchange Club Officer of the Year is. It's uh, Sergeant Matt Buska. So All right. Matt, congratulations. Thank you, Chief. Excellent. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, just yeah. continue to impress in, in every role. I, I, I'll say there's uh, um, a handful of employees and in the department that are just have a particular skill set and they're a victim of their own competence. I, I'm always asking <laughs> Matt, I'm like, if he can take on more and he very rarely says no. So, uh, Matt, just grateful to have you on board and, you. and grateful you didn't choose to leave this organization many years ago. As Amen. I know you contemplated at some Amen. time. Yeah. Thank you. Well, we'll do a separate show on that, right, someday, right, on, on why you were going to leave and then why you came <laughs> back because uh, we were really out thrilled to have you part of MPD and you too, Chief. Right, so uh, don't, don't don't play your own role. So, uh, and I know Lieutenant Ferreira is not here. I want to say on tape, he's done a fabulous job as well. And all the members of uh, Methuen PD. I don't want to leave anybody out, but I want to highlight the leadership. So, Chief, uh, uh, you are truly a breath of fresh air. And there has not been a day that you have not rewarded me uh, for nominating you for hiring. So I truly appreciate that and the partnership that you do. Uh, more big things coming in the city. Uh, do me a favor. If you're out there, we're at the 559 mark. I'm going to bring it home here. Uh, if you see any of our police officers, walk up and say congratulations. We appreciate everything you do for us. They are a certified organization, uh, according to the Mass MPAC, right? Did I say that right? Correct. All right. Um, and uh, up for accreditation uh, in December, I believe it yes. is? Yes. Okay. So the 13th of So uh, perhaps more room to celebrate uh, after the accreditation. We'll see how that goes. But kudos to the chief, kudos to you, Sergeant, kudos to Lieutenant Ferreira, kudos to all our police officers, 
and the patrolman's union and Spears union, our, our civilian staff, for all they do to keep our city safe every day. We truly appreciate it. So go out and thank a police officer. And don't forget, Fall Fest this Saturday, noon to 3 at Great Court Park, and a million different trunk or treats. So go out and check them out. Uh, Halloween trick or treat, uh, Monday, October 31st. We'll be back here next week with a, a mystery guest. Um, but we look forward to talking again. God bless you. Get vaccinated. Say thank you to our police force. We'll see you here next week. Thank you. Thank you.